Well, good evening from Winkler, Manitoba. Uh, what a different time we're living in, amen? Well, we praise the Lord that we're able to be with you during this time, during this missions conference. And so I just want to first of all say thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this great conference. And I believe that missions conference is the greatest work that we can be involved in, the greatest conference that a church can have. Thank you, Pastor White, for allowing me to be a part of this, and I trust that God will use me in a great and mighty way. I've been praying for this conference and asking God to really do a work in each one of our hearts. I also want to say thank you for your part in our ministry. Uh, perhaps some of you don't know, but you've been supporting us, my wife and I, for many years now. Uh, back in 2013, God called us to serve in Mexico as missionaries. And uh, we were there for five years serving with another missionary couple, Will and Cindy Clausen, who are still there today doing a great work. And uh, we were able to serve there with them. And God used us and we were able to see souls saved and join the church. And, uh, and we were excited what God was doing. But about the uh, fifth year that we were in Mexico, God changed our direction. He changed our ministry, if you please. And called us back to Canada, and I've been serving as the general director for Canamera Baptist Missions International since then. And God's been able to do great things through that ministry. And we have now 26 or 27 missionaries serving with Canamera, and a few others are considering coming on board. And so we're excited for the laborers that God is sending our way, who we can partner with and help other local churches and aid their missionaries and get them to the field. And the fields are white unto harvest, but the labors are few. And so we're grateful and thankful for the labors that God is sending our way. And we're seeking to do all that we can to help these missionaries reach the field and be used greatly of God to the field that God's called them to. And so thank you for your, your, for your many years of support for my wife and I and for the ministry, uh, both through prayer and financial support. We're forever grateful uh, for your part in our ministry. And so, again, thank you to Grace Baptist Church and uh, the good work that God is doing there. And uh, we always enjoy coming and visit you, visiting you in person. And so, as I said before, it, was, it grieved my heart when the restrictions reached British Columbia. We, of course, in Manitoba, we've been, uh, this is our second week that we're entering in no, per, no in-person services. And so we're doing everything via live stream and uh, we're doing what we can to try to encourage our people through the medium that we have through live stream. We're uh, busy trying to reach folks. We, of course, we can't go soul winning. And so we're spending a lot of time on the phones calling people and trying to win souls. People have gotten saved through the different phone calls and outreach such as that. And so we praise the Lord. Uh, the gospel is not bound. Amen. They'll never shut up the gospel. And so we thank God for the different avenues that He's given us to reach out. But uh, uh, pray one for another You know, during this time. These are difficult times. This is a time of affliction. This is time that we're, the church needs to be strong. Christians need to be strong. Christians need to get a hold of God, the, uh, the, uh, the altars of the, uh, or the horns of the altar, and to get a hold of God and ask God to really move in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, we don't get sidetracked and that Satan doesn't come along and try to discourage us and, and get us weary in well-doing. No, no, no. God is still on the throne. God is still in charge. He's still our God. And God is able to do great and mighty things. 
We need to believe it because God has said it. Amen. And so let's not get weary. Let's get stronger. Let's get closer to the Lord and see what God's going to do. Jeremiah 33, still true today. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And so let's keep our eyes, our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, especially during this missions conference. I know that every time we go uh, come up to our missions conference, Satan is trying to uh, disrupt it in every way he can. And perhaps you, you might think that, that, that Satan got an inroad here during this conference by, allow, or by having the restrictions come down. But in no way does Satan have the victory. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And God always causes us to triumph. And as Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against His church. Amen. And so we have these great and mighty promises from the Word of God, and they are true. So let's just keep moving forward. Let's just keep going and doing what we can in the area of missions. And I appreciate your theme that you've chosen for your missions, uh, missions theme this year. The light of the world is Jesus. Amen. And that is the answer. Boy, you look around in the world today and the world is troubled. The world is full of sorrow. The world is full of uncertainty. But you and I that know Jesus Christ as our Savior, guess what? We have hope. Amen. The Jesus Christ uh, in you, the hope of glory. We have a living hope that the world needs to hear. We are the light of the world. We are to carry the light into this world. And the light is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a great message we have for the world. And so let's get busy. Amen. Let's not sit down and feel sorry for ourselves. Let's not look around and, and complain and murmur about the things we can't do. Let's, uh, let's allow God to use us at this time and to mold and to shape us so that we'll be fit for the master's use. Amen. There's no telling what God's going to do. And I believe God is going to do a great work during these difficult times. Amen. Because he's able. Amen. So we praise the Lord for that. With that, I want to invite your attention to Second Corinthians chapter number eight. And this is a message or a passage of scripture that's often used in missions conference and especially in faith promise giving and things of that nature that pertains to missions. And so you're not going to hear perhaps anything new, but perhaps just another reminder of what God's called us to do. Or maybe you're new to this to uh, to the church and to missions in general, and maybe God will just show you something that how you can be a part in the Great Commission and what God wants to do and how He wants to. To use you to reach a world that's lost and dying. And so, beginning in verse number one of 2 Corinthians chapter number eight, Paul here, of course, is writing to the church of Corinth. And of course, when you look at 1 uh, Corinthians, it was a church full of trouble. It was a church that I don't know if anybody would want to be a member of. If you look at the troubles and the sins and things of nature, uh, things of that nature that the church was involved in, we would look at that church and say, I don't want any part of that church. It is a carnal church. It is a wicked church, but praise God for the grace of God that worked in the lives of the people and through the preaching of God's word, through the apostle Paul, God did some great and mighty things. Amen. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ arrives on the scene and his word is allowed to do the work in our hearts, there is hope and God can and will transform lives. And that's what he's all about. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new 
new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And now the church here at Corinth was uh, involved in good works. They were uh, growing in their faith and they, and they were now being challenged to get involved in missions, get involved in giving. And that is the uh, theme of my message that I'll be preaching uh, during the missions conference. And that is, missions is all about giving. Missions is all about giving, and we'll see that throughout the week as we go through the different, uh, different sermons, that missions is about giving, and it starts with God. Everything starts and finishes with God, amen? He is the author and finisher of our faith. And so let's read beginning in verse number 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this is the message, uh, the message for tonight. Verse number 5, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own self to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. That is the message tonight. As I mentioned, missions is all about giving. And here the uh, Christians at Corinth or the Christians that Paul was talking about, those churches that were in Macedonia, and they had given themselves to the Lord. And everything starts in God's work when we give ourselves to Him. You know what? Uh, a Christian, a child of God, can never really get involved in what God wants to do until he surrenders his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants our all. See, God's not interested in our wallet. He, can, he, he doesn't need our money. Yes, though, missions is about giving, and we'll look at that at another message. But before we even get involved in missions, have you given yourself to God? As we see here as the churches of Macedonia, as Paul was talking about, he says, And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own self to the Lord. And that is where each and every one of us has to come to in our life and we say, okay, am I going to live my life for self or am I going to live my life for the Lord Jesus Christ? Understand this. You can give yourself to God in the area of salvation. You can receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and be saved and on your way to heaven and at the same time keep your life for yourself and live it for yourself. Oh, but we don't want to live our life for ourselves because there's coming a day when we're going to have to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and we're going to give an account of the life that we've lived for Him. And if we've lived a life of selfishness and if we lived our life for ourselves, guess what? We're going to build with wood, hay, and stubble and at the judgment seat of Christ, it's all going to be burned up and we're going to stand empty-handed before our God and Savior and say, I've done nothing for you and I stand here before you with empty hands after all that you did for me, Lord, I did nothing for you. What a great tragedy that will be for those who have lived a life for themselves. But ah, praise God that God is working in our hearts, amen, 
understand? It is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And so when we want to please God, it starts by surrendering our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, giving our life, laying our life down to Him. And of course, the example that we have of a surrendered life is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Amen? And God surrendered His all for you and I. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And when Jesus Christ was born, His name was Emmanuel, meaning God with us. God has always had a desire to be with His people, His creation. And we see when Jesus Christ came to this earth, the Bible says, For God so loved the world. Oh, how much did He love the world? That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Aren't you glad that God gave us His all? He gave His very life. Jesus Christ, the God-man, died on the cross, shed His blood, not only for my sins, but for the sins of the entire world. He laid His down. He gave His all so that we might have eternal life. Amen. He became sin for you and I, that we might become the righteousness in Jesus Christ. That is what God has given to us, and He's given us that wonderful example. Jesus Christ, He gave up His wealth. He became poor so that you and I might be rich. Amen. And God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven heavenly places. Oh, we're joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. All that Jesus Christ has pertains to you and I who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ gave us His all. God so loved us that He gave us so much in this life. And as a child of God, understand this. God keeps giving. He keeps giving. And He just keeps giving to His children. What a wonderful God and what a wonderful Savior. You say, oh, but what has God given to me since I have been saved? Oh, understand this. When you got saved, He gave you the down payment of the redemption price. That is the Holy Spirit of God. God came to dwell inside of you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God gave His Holy Spirit. But not only that, God gave us His Word. Amen. Where would you and I be today if we didn't have the blessed Word? Word of God. Oh, the Bible reveals to us who God is and God is gracious. God is merciful. His mercy endureth forever. His benefits are new every morning. God just keeps giving and He keeps giving and He keeps giving and His mercies do not run out. His love is from everlasting to everlasting. He keeps giving more grace. Amen. God keeps giving to His people and we're so thankful for that. But not only has God given us the his Holy Spirit and His Word, but God's given us His church. Amen. There in the book of Matthew when Jesus Christ uh, said that He would build His church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. He has kept His Word. He has kept His promise. And I thank God for the churches today that are preaching the gospel, the light of this world, and the work that the churches are involved in getting the mission or getting the message out in this world. We have a church and if you don't belong to a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, a church that's involved in missions, hey, why not tonight get involved in Grace Baptist Church and say, God, what is your part for my life in the area of missions? Oh, get involved in the church. And let me tell you, God has chosen the church to bring out the message, to, to deliver the message into this world. Without the church, 
we don't fulfill the will of God in our life. If you're not a part of a local church, you're not part of a Bible-believing church, you're outside the will of God. But praise God, God's given you an opportunity to be a part of His great work. Amen. Oh, don't neglect the local church. Be thankful for the local church. It's the vehicle which God has chosen to deliver the message of salvation. As He told the disciples in Matthew chapter 28, and before Jesus went to heaven, He encouraged them to be involved in missions. And He said, Go ye into all the world. That means not only at home, but all around the world. And to preach the gospel and give out the good news, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, this world is in desperate need. This world is in desperate need to hear that wonderful message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has chosen His church, the organism which He uses. And he, he, He's gathered His people and say, Now go into all the world and preach the gospel. Oh, what a great great responsibility and a great calling is yours and mine as children of God. God has given us so much. And God has set the example of what it is to give. See, God is our example in everything in life. As we'll see in some other messages, God is our example in giving. God is our example in loving. God is our example in going. God is our example in everything that pertains to this Christian life. Amen. And we need to keep our eyes and our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. But going back to the message here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, as the, uh, the uh, Christians there... In Macedonia, as they had given themselves to God. Now, verse, uh, the phrase in verse number five, it says, In this they did, not as we hope, but gave of their own self to the Lord. Well, what does it mean to give ourselves to the Lord? You know, there's many, many Christians who, live, who are living a life for self, living a life for, them, for themselves. And it's very tragic, very sad that, uh, that there are so many Christians that want, to live, that want to be saved. Yeah, I'm saved by the grace of God, but I want to live a life for myself. Let me tell you, those Christians aren't happy. Those Christians, they don't experience the joy. Those Christians, they don't experience the blessings and the, and, and the peace that God wants to give us. It's only come, it, the, the joy and the blessings that God wants us to have. They only come from a relationship, a, a life that is surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, giving our all. Uh, the Bible says that we need to surrender our life. And of course, a verse of scripture that we often refer to is Romans chapter number 12 and verse 1 and 2. And a verse of scripture that really tells us what it means to surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It says here in verse number 1, Paul again writing to the Christians there in Rome. And he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by the mercies of God. It's because of God's mercies that we're not consumed. Amen. Uh, if we were to get what we deserve, we would die and go to hell because for the wages of sin is death. But God had mercy, amen. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Were it not for the mercy of God, Jesus Christ would never have come into this world. Jesus Christ would never have taken your sin upon Himself. Jesus Christ would never have bled and died on a cruel, rugged cross, being beaten and so wickedly handed or handled. But because of God's mercy, because God loved us, 
us. Oh, he says, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice. Hey, don't we understand that our body is not our own? When you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that you were redeemed, not of corruptible things, but you were redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ bought you. He redeemed you. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Aren't you glad today that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you never have to fear hell? Hell in our mind doesn't even exist as far as a Christian is concerned. But oh, for those that are still lost and still haven't heard and still haven't trusted Jesus Christ, hell is a very real place. But you and I, we have received mercy because of God's great love for you and I. And as Jesus Christ suffered and bled, hey, we have received of His grace and of His mercy. And now Jesus said, God asks us for one small thing that we present our bodies a living sacrifice that means that we give our life to him amen he gave his life for us why cannot we give our life to him as says a living sacrifice what does that word sacrifice means it means to lay something on the altar it means to take a lamb as they did in the old testament they would take that lamb and it would be tied onto this altar tied up on the altar and as the priest would take the knife and he would slit the throat of that innocent animal as the blood would pour out. It was a sacrifice. It was a dying to sell. That animal, that life came out of that animal and that animal would die on the altar. It was a sacrifice given to God. God's asking us to give our life a living sacrifice. He, he not only, you know, there's people that said, oh, I am willing to die for Jesus Christ. Yeah, but are you willing to live for Him? Amen. It's one thing to say that we could die for Him just like Peter said. Oh Lord, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to follow you wherever you go and willing to lay down my life for you. It's easy to say that. But what happened to Peter when he was called upon to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, to live for him? Oh, he denied him three times, which he miserably regretted, but praise God, repented of it and returned. And then he was willing to die and to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a great merciful God we have. And Jesus Christ is asking us, oh, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, that we live for the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't live for ourselves anymore, amen. And until we surrender our life to God, until we come to that point where we say, I surrender my all. I surrender my life to you. I give you my life. And you know what? To many Christians, to many Christians, this is a point of fear in their life. This is a point of uncertainty. This is to come to this point where God says, I want you to surrender your life. I want you to give me your life. And Christians many times say, Lord, I don't know what the future will hold. Well, you don't know what the future will hold if you give or if you don't give your life to the Lord. Amen. Nobody knows the future, but I can guarantee you this by the word of God, that if we give our life to God, it is the safest place we can be in this wicked world, in this uncertain world, being in the center of God's will. Oh, don't be afraid to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we trusted Him with our soul salvation. We trusted our soul to Him. Why can we not trust Him with our very life? Amen. God will take care of His his children. God just wants to use us. God wants to show himself strong in our, in our life. And he wants to use us to reach a world that's lost and dying. Oh, what? why do we fear? 
Why do we fear to give God? Many times Satan comes along and he whispers to us, oh, if you surrender to your life, God's going to send you to some forsaken country where nobody has ever gone and you're going to be uh, killed by cannibals or you're going to be forsaken. Uh, those are lies of the devil. God says, I will take care of you. Just like he told his disciples in Matthew chapter number 28, he says, and I will go, I'll be with you even unto the end of the world. Amen, Jesus said. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God's given us His Holy Spirit. Why can't we? Why is this fear oftentimes come into our life? Hey, we live in a world that is, you know, there are things that if we look at it through the eyes of flesh and through the eyes of men can be very scary. Absolutely. I'm not denying that at all. But we have to understand our God is so far greater than the things that we can face in this world. Now understand, how would the disciples have felt when Jesus sent them out? He says, I'm going to send you forth as sheep among wolves. Sheep among wolves. What defense mechanism does a sheep have to, uh, towards a wolf? I mean, a sheep is helpless. I mean, he can't even kick very hard. I mean, they don't even have any horns. They got no weapons. They cannot defend themselves against wolves. Wolves usually come in packs and they, uh, they attack in packs. And so here Jesus says to his disciples, he said, hey, you'll be hated of all men. Well, that's encouraging. Amen. You'll be hated of all men. And he said, I'm going to send you as forth as sheep among wolves. Doesn't sound very good, does it? Hey, he says, don't be surprised if the world hates you. The world hated me before it hated you. Hey, but understand, don't let these thoughts, don't let this truth scare us from surrendering our life to him. Understand this, the promise that he's given to us. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. I will give you strength. I will give you the power. I will give you of my grace. And as, as Jesus said to the Apostle Paul, after Paul had asked Jesus to remove the thorn of the flesh that he had, a messenger of Satan to buffet him, Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for thee. All the testimony of Paul, what does he say then? Ah, most gladly therefore, most gladly. Oh, how can we say that? How can Paul say that? Most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Oh, have you experienced the power of God upon your life? Have you experienced that all-sufficient grace in your life? Have you gone through trials and difficulties and sensed and felt and known the grace of God that God bestows upon you? Just like He did with the churches here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 as we were reading. As, he, as Paul is talking about the churches of Macedonia. And look what it says there about this church. He says in uh, verse number one, it says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God. Now understand the grace of God. I mean, uh, of course, we're not going to talk, uh, uh, delve into this, but understand that the grace of God is the goodness of God to you and I. And now Paul, he says, I want you to witness what happens when the grace of God is in your life. When you are embraced with the grace of God and what God can do in your life when you allow the grace of God to take control of your life. He says, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, why, why is Paul saying this about the grace of God? He says, now verse number two, this church, they were going through some terrible times. They were going through some extreme trials. It says here how that in a great trial of affliction, great trial of affliction. 
Oh, we might have lockdowns today. We might be isolated. And we might have these restrictions on our churches today. Hey, but we have not experienced the great trials of affliction that the churches involved here uh, went through. But look what it says. The abundance of their joy. How is it possible? How can you go through great trials of affliction and at the same time experience the abundance of joy? How does it work? The grace of God, amen. Oh, we need the grace of God. When we give our life to Him, when we surrender, when we die to self, God gives us the grace that we need. It's not in our own strength that we can die to ourselves. It is the grace of God. God wants us to come to the point and say, God, I want to give my life to You. I want to surrender my all. I don't want to live for myself. I die to my ambitions. I live, I die to my will. As Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, again, He is our example. He says, not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, and as he prayed, the angels, they came and ministered to him. Oh, when we surrendered our life to him, the grace of God is poured upon us. God ministers to us. He gives us that strength and he gives us what we need to surrender our life. And then at the same time, as we surrender and as we die, oh, he gives us the abundance of joy. Amen. Oh, so many Christians are looking for joy and they can only find joy in things. Oh, the new car, the new house, the new job, the new vacation. And it's only a temporary joy or not even a joy. It's a deceit from the devil. The true joy comes from knowing Jesus Christ and the life that is lived for Him and experiencing His all-sufficient grace. That's why Paul says, most gladly, therefore, amen. Most gladly. Are you scared of giving your life to Christ? Are you scared of giving your life before we can be involved in missions, before we can really be involved in what God wants us to do in the area of reaching a world that's lost and dying? We first have to give ourselves. Many Christians think, oh, if they give God a few dollars, give Him a few, a few dollars, He'll leave me alone. God's not interested in our dollars. Understand God is interested in you. He wants you. He wants your heart. He loves you so much He died for you. He didn't die for your money. He didn't die for your house. He didn't die for your car. He died for you. And He wants you to abide in Him as it says in John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine and my Father is the husbandman. Oh, abide in me. It means dwell in, in with me. Uh, take up residence within Christ. God desires to be with His people. And we can never understand what that truly means until we die to self and say, God, I die to this world. As Paul says, I am crucified to this world and the world is crucified to me. Oh, you can't hang on to this world and try to live in this world and say, I want to live for God and in this world. It just doesn't work. There comes a time in our life and every single one of us where we say, I die to self. But don't let that scare you. Don't let that scare you. Don't let that, the devil come along and say, oh, when you give your life to Christ, it's all over. Oh, no, that's where life begins. Amen. That's where the abundant life begins. Christ came to give us life and life more abundant. Amen. I trust that this has been a blessing to you and an encouragement for you to tonight that we will, at the start of this missions conference, say, Lord, I am willing to give my life. I lay my life as a living sacrifice. I want to live for you. God, what do you want for my life? As Paul said when he came to realize that Jesus Christ was the all-sufficient God, that Jesus Christ was the Savior, and that Jesus had mercy on the one that hated and persecuted the church, Paul said, what wilt thou have me to do?
Lord, what do you want us to do? Give yourself to God and allow Him to use your life for His honor and His glory. Amen. Let, us, let this missions conference start by surrendering. Amen. I trust you will uh, take this message to heart and that allow God to work in your heart. Understand this. God gives grace. See, we don't even have enough strength to die to self. It comes from the grace of God. It comes from the power of God. We are so weak. We have no strength. And all that God asks us to do, He wants us, He wants to do it in us and through His strength. Amen. He never asks us to do anything. Just simply trust Him and yield. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank You for the great sacrifice that You've made for all mankind. Father, thank You for giving Your Son. And Lord Jesus, thank You for giving Your life, for shedding Your blood for all mankind. Father, thank You for the opportunity, Lord, that we can know You and know You as our Savior. And Father, I pray, Lord, at the start of this missions conference, Father, that You would... Uh, Use each and every one of us. Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, that we would come to the place in our life, even right now, Lord Jesus, that we would say, Lord, I want to surrender my life for your honor and for your glory. Lord, here's my life. Give me the strength. Give me the grace to surrender, to surrender my all for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.